0: Welcome to the catch.
1: A place where people can share their stories of how they were caught to be set free.
0: where each story points to the big story, the message of the cross.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the catch. My name is Cheryl.
0: My name is Ryan and today we have Bishop Poole. How you doing Bishop?
2: Doing great, how are y'all doing?
0: It's
1: so good to
0: see you. Yeah, definitely good to see you, man. One thing I want to tell you, man, I don't know if you've been running lately, but every time it feels like I'm out and about, I see you running, man, and you encourage us to do better with our bodies (laughs) and to to keep going forward. You are definitely the most in-shape preacher that I've ever seen in my life. You know, normally it's, you know, barely sweating, just getting through the buffet line (laughs) and seeing you, you know, it's like 30 miles later, it's like, yeah, I'm sweating good, so... You know, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate for that. it. Yeah.
2: Got kind of uh, addicted to running years ago, so I love it.
1: Well, I know that a lot of people in our community know you because you've done so much for our community. Um, but the purpose of the podcast is kind of to get the backstory. So, kind of how you grew up. Were you always a Jesus follower? Tell us a little bit more about that.
2: No, I love you. I love your podcast and the theme of it because it really speaks to what uh, I can't, where I came from. So having grown up in this town, raised in the town of Warner Robins, Georgia, uh, I never went to church. Our family wasn't a church-going family. Uh, my dad committed suicide when I was in the eighth grade. I had three older brothers, so our whole lifestyle was more uh, on our own. My mom was a nurse, worked 12-hour shifts, so we really didn't have uh, a lot of leadership in our family, it kind of just left to ourselves in the sense of... Uh, no father figure so i got involved in drugs at a real early age just based on uh just not not necessarily it was their fault but but a bad a, an influence from my older brothers kind of just came down to me and i kind of took up that uh <laughs> took up that lifestyle you know at a real young age so i just kind of lived that lifestyle from probably about the seventh grade on um you know drugs alcohol doing a lot of crazy things we really the only thing that really kept me, I feel like, sane all those years was I was I love sports. I played sports, you know, all my life uh, from the time I was five years old. really continues while I like running. But, but yeah, just that lifestyle of not going to church. Uh, one of the amazing things, I always say this to people, and they really can't hardly believe it. But, again, this is in the early 70s, mid-70s, you know, in Warner Robins, where uh, growing up in his town was smaller even then. I never had anybody, man, hear me, nobody ever told me about Jesus or nobody ever Mm. invited me to church. Mm. So that was one of the things that's really still in me about, that's why I love your podcast again, trying just to speak to people that are not churchy, not religious, uh, really need to hear about a relationship with Jesus. And uh, that's one of the things that's always stuck with me, man, is that. So kind of in a nutshell, the journey was kind of just a real wild, crazy journey, God by his grace and mercy spared my life many times, you know, I really shouldn't even be here on the earth right now, but, but spared my life, you know, and, um, it's been a crazy, crazy journey from that point. But one of the things that, that led up to where, uh, me even hearing about Jesus was I started dating my wife, uh, when we were just out of high school, um, at 19 years old, right before I went into the air force. And though she wasn't a, follower of Jesus, she went to church. And that kind of got me going to church because I wanted to date her. I had to go to church. Right. So that got me in church originally. <laughs> and I just started hearing about the gospel, about the love of God. Never, never heard of that before, never really experienced something that really touched my heart, realized I was missing something. So that's kind of how it started.
1: One of the questions that we have later in the podcast, but I kind of want to say it now is were there any influential people in your life that kind of helped plant that seed or point you towards Jesus? It sounds like your wife played a big role in that.
2: Oh, um, de- yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> no, no, nobody else believed me. Nobody yeah. else around me was even thinking about God. He, he didn't have Jesus in their life, honestly. I mean, everybody I was with was a crowd. Of, that's why it's so important, man. Who you run with is going to what you're gonna be influenced by. And I was just really running with a crowd of just straight out partiers, you know, doing, the wrong things, uh, but yeah, my wife and her family had the biggest influence in my life.
1: Wow, I know Ryan played a big role in my story, and I'm not going to go too much into my story now. But one of the reasons why we asked you to be on our podcast is, not sure if you know this, but I was saved at your church. Um, you were preaching; no yeah. one like broke it down as simple as you did. So I just wanted to thank you because you are a big part of my story. Just for that day and helping me to get saved, I'll get emotional. So I'm going to try to stop, but just want to thank you. So,
2: you're about to get me emotional. So, <laughs> I did not know that. Man. Yeah. It just blows my mind right now. That is so great, man.
1: Yeah. Awesome. It's such a small world. Cause I, I remember calling Ryan afterwards and saying, Ryan, I just got saved. And he was like, What? You're not <laughs> saved already? <laughs> but I, I've gone to church and, you know, like yeah. I've done the thing, but to actually, confess that Jesus was my Lord and Savior and to believe that he died on the cross and was, you know, rose again. It was that moment at your church. It was called New Hope then. Um, But yeah, such a connection.
2: That's so good. (laughs) I'm so thankful to hear that. Yes, yes. Yeah, and
0: you and you definitely impacted a lot of people's lives um you know, Cheryl's just one of the stories that we have you know that's on the air now because it's three of us and one of us you know, but it's a yeah. lot of people um that you've impacted and in the community um and what y'all are doing and and you know we just appreciate that well,
2: thank you it's been again it's a it's a journey it's been a great journey
1: so how did you commit your life to christ what was was there a certain moment or is it process or how was that for
2: you? Yeah, it was a process, of course, like with everybody. But when I started going to church again, just to uh, just to be with my girlfriend at the time before she became my wife. Then you start when you start hearing because this is true in the Bible, you know, the word of God is a seed. So every time I kept hearing about the message of Jesus or God, it was it was, it was slowly getting into me. It was just seed depositing in my spirit, which I didn't really understand at the time or realize at the time. But when I was in, I joined the Air Force and uh, me and my wife moved to uh, Louisiana and uh, she began to go, hey, we need to start going to church and we would go visit a little bit and, you know, hear things. But when we'd come back to Warner Robins, the church she grew up in, uh, the pastor that I really connected with him and what he was saying, you know, those deals, man, when you go into church and this is what ha- started happening to me. I felt like, man, who has been talking to this guy about my life? Really it's like, you just started reading my mail. Of what he was preaching, how God just started, you know, touching my heart. But one of the things I'll say, I think a lot of people get get religion twisted, man. Is that we? I felt like, oh, I have to give up so much to do this. You know, I felt like I had to give up all these things. I was going, oh, I can't get high no more. I can't get drunk no more. I started hearing these things about things you can't do. But that really wasn't it. It was just like surrendering to what I was feeling. That was just the love of God. So I started feeling that. Uh, so the journey, me and my wife were on, was in Louisiana. We transferred to Florida. That's when really God started really continuing to uh, convict me and hound me, chase me down is what God was doing, <laughs> man. And I had, right. this, had this encounter, man, that, that I was under so much conviction. I know y'all can relate to this. I was just really feeling like, oh, my God, you know, I'm missing out on God in my life. I'm empty. And I had this encounter because, again, I was on that thing of hearing God calling me, calling me uh, to be saved. And I just kept rejecting, kept turning it off, kept waiting to get out of church so I could get high, you know, get my mind off that. And so we were in Panama City Beach. That's where I, we lived. That's where I was stationed at. And my wife was pregnant with our first child. She was back in Warner Robins. I, I went to the beach one day in, in the middle of February. And so it's not, nobody's out on the beach. You know, it's not tourist season in Panama City Beach. And so I was walking down the beach and um, right at the, at the wave where the waves come in, there there was just this oldest Bible was sitting on top perfectly of these old, we called them Jesus sandals. Remember those sandals? We had, the yeah, strips? yeah. <laughs> Bro. And so when I was walking down the beach, I, I saw it. I didn't know what it was. I got up on it. It was a, a huge Bible with these sandals stacked neatly. And I looked around. Of course, there was nobody on the beach. And I walked past it for a few yards, not far, and turned around. It was gone, and it and it just God really spoke to me.
0: <laughs> mm.
2: He really spoke to me. He was like, you know, this is your moment. So there's going to be moments in people's lives where uh, the Lord is, is is drawing you. So when He did that, I just really just spoke to me so much, man. I just surrendered my life to God, man, and. You know, that just turned it all over to him. And when I did that, I felt, I felt such a, uh, people say this, but I'm telling you to God, man, I didn't even know how to pray. I just said, Jesus saved me. So when I did that, I don't know why I'm getting so emotional. So when I did that, uh, I just felt weight lifted off of me, you know, and felt this peace and this love I've never, never felt from my family. You know, it's just a love you can't even describe, man. But that's the kind of love that kind of just flooded my life. And, um, it's been a journey since then, but that's how it kind of started. I had a, had an encounter, and every, you don't, you know, anybody listening and watching this, you don't have to have an encounter like that. It's just how God did it with me, you know. Right. Just and God's a personal God; He'll do it with you any other way. It's different, and mm-hmm. so for me, that's how it happened.
1: That's a beautiful story. Yeah, that man, so because He
0: has a way of touching us. Every person is different. He created all of us different. Yeah. And he knows how to reach us. But one of those steps that you made, kind of like what my dad used to say, you know, you don't have to stop, you know, being high and drunk to yeah. accept Jesus. You know, he'll take care of the rest of that. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be going to heaven high and drunk than to be sober and, in, you know, in hell. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so, you know, you took a step towards that. Yeah. And he had a way to reach you, to push you even more because he knew what he had for your life. Yeah, you, know, man. you change many people's lives and continue to change people's lives. Yeah, your so.
1: story. He you used your story to really help people.
2: I'll say this, man. Get on this is probably off the question a little bit, but, uh, man, I loved your dad, man.
0: Oh, man. Man, we loved y'all, man. Like, you know, y'all always been, you know, y'all always been with us, man. It's just yeah. Years of just, you know, just always being around, you know what I mean? Just being yeah, around man. each other and, and yeah. laughing and, and having a good time, man. Um, you yeah, know, it's your dad yeah, was
2: just amazing. I loved him, man. We always got together. I always go by the car lot, man. I would go to the church. <laughs> he just, that dude, oh, my God, just so much, man, with him. I just really appreciate the relationship we had. Yeah, yeah
1: we you. love hearing stories. We'll run into people and they'll say, who <laughs> yeah. did this from And we're like, <laughs> like
2: really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> really oh yeah you have me in stitches every time i get around here. Man. <laughs> but it's like
0: light. um but y'all have that same uh y'all have that same gift of being relatable yes. you know yeah. like um uh, you know my daddy will say man well, you know i used to uh, drink that Johnny Walker ring you know. <laughs> hey, I would be drinking, this, you know, smoking weed, and it was, yes. you know, hey, God, God has His way of getting you, you know. Yeah, man. And I it's guess not that's like, what it was. We connected like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely, man. And um, yeah. you know, that realness uh that you bring, um, you know, because it, it ain't nothing being fake about Jesus. Um, no man. You know, Jesus is real. He He yeah. knows everything. He just wants you to be real with Him, and um. And yeah. you know we continue to have uh, leaders like yourself, um, just being real with people and and trying to reach that message that you don't have to be perfect. He just wants your he wants you to realize that he's the one that died on the cross for us because he knows that we're yeah. not going to be perfect. Um, he right. knows that we need him. help. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: Y'all need to quit making me so emotional. This, this emotion. <laughs> no, this no is man. And now I, like, I, I had to no like. man. This
0: hey, hey so, no, it's been oh yeah, it's me, man. We have these stories, but, you know, it's like, it's the beginning. You probably preached thousands of sermons, but, you know, yeah. it's like sometimes just taking that trip back to where it all began is. Uh, it can get emotional. Yeah, it can get emotional. Yeah, yeah, Believe yeah. It. I remember Jordan and Jacob coming down to our house and we used to play basketball and, and yeah. having a great time. How does it feel as a dad uh just being able to know that, um, you know, that your, your kids are saved and, and that they're working in ministry? and And how does that feel from that perspective?
2: Well, I think you can relate to this big time, Ryan. You know, uh, raising kids in a pastor's home is not probably the easiest thing in the world. Right. Uh, You know, I I think it's a miracle in a sense of seeing in my children uh, what they're doing, how they're serving God. It's just, I couldn't even ask for anything more, man. It's been so great. But one of the things me and my wife did from the very get-go, I was never again, I wasn't a religious person, though I was saved and now I'm pastoring a church, uh, but we never uh, said to our children, you're the pastor's children. You got to do, it. you know, I never, I never tried to live one way uh, in church and then the other way at home. It's kind of what they saw is what they got both, both ways. And so we just tried to be real with them, uh, let them be human, uh, let them make their mistakes and let them grow. And, but we always loved them and prayed for them and, you know, and always try to encourage them and correct them and all that type stuff. But yeah, growing up in a pastor's home was not the most uh, probably welcoming thing for some of them. Jacob, my oldest, really rebelled big time uh, uh, from that, from God. But just now, where they all three of them are, it's just been so rewarding to see that you can't even really put it into words. What when you see your children when they grow up and what they're doing now, just like your family, uh, man, you know, Jacob and you know, Willie played football together, man, you know, right. Red yeah. department, you know, and yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so just those relationships really helped us also, you know, sports again, uh, knowing people that uh, had children in ministry, like you and your mom, are your mom and dad. And so just that really helped us and just seeing our children now, Jordan, you know, he's uh the senior pastor now at Hope Church and just blows our mind, man. Bl- I mean, you know, I started the church. We were in a trailer, a double wide trailer in Perry, Georgia, man. You yes, know, sir. With, with ten white people. I mean, that's <laughs> where we started. And, uh, and Jordan, man, he was. We were carrying him in a baby carrier, bro. And now he's the mm-hmm. pastor of the church. It just blows my mind, man.
0: I'm telling to, to you. see,
2: I can't even put this. It's just crazy, man. But Jacob's, again, he's in a church in California, leading praise and worship, just doing great things. So. It's been real rewarding. I couldn't even ask anything more from God.
0: For the viewers at home that don't know, uh, <laughs> Bishop, <laughs> Bishop Poole's church is very integrated.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very integrated. Yeah. Just the the message that y'all are giving over there. You know, it doesn't matter what color you are. Mm. Um. You know, it's, you know, God's here for everybody. Um, and that's
1: why I yeah. felt so safe back then. It was just like a place where I felt accepted. Awesome. Uh, every every Sunday I went, I just always felt accepted there. So,
2: that's yeah. great, Miss. How the atmosphere wanted.
1: If you could tell your younger self one thing, or our listeners right now, just a little bit of encouragement, what would that be?
2: Tell my younger self, yes, um, not to be so stubborn. Sometimes you know, um, to, with God and the things that you feel that God wants you to do, um, I think it's it's not. You can't really have regrets because you can't go back and change anything. But I would tell my younger self, uh, wasted a lot of uh, energy of life when it could have been a whole lot directed in a more positive way. Um, but, you know, again, it was the journey's the journey. But I would have told my younger self about where I really could have been with God at a younger age, is my point, and with people that are at a younger age not to feel like that they're going to miss out on something. I think that's the biggest thing, oh, are going to miss out on something and not realize really what they're not yielding to when it comes to the power of God, walking with God, the purpose God has for every person's life, you know, the destiny, how it could be so much greater, even enhance what people are doing because everybody's not called to be in a ministry. Everybody's not called to preach the gospel. You know, whatever it is, if it's entertainment, if it's sports, if it's education, doesn't really matter what the... Career field is, but I would tell my younger self and other people, you know, understand that God's plan is so much greater than ours, and all we got to do is just follow that, and it'll take us places we never could dream of. That's right.
1: Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, Bishop Pool, to just share your story and just the backstory of your relationship and your walk with God because we know it is a process
0: if you want to figure out how to be saved or how to accept Jesus uh, we'll have links in the description below so that way you can make it as easy as possible for you thank you Bishop for jumping on here uh, with us we appreciate your story man
2: no thank you for having me it's been a great honor
0: we'll see you guys next time
2: we love
1: you guys